0: Dish on my talk 107.1. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen, And we are here to talk about all the things food and fun and fascinating and fried and whatever you have you on this. What? It's kind of a gray day. Here's my weather, weather report. report. Weather report right away is that it's kind of gray, but there's hope. There's hope of the 50. There's hope of the 60. I will tell you that's how I felt last night in downtown Minneapolis. You felt hope. There's hope.
1: Okay. Oh, it was like... Driving into downtown because we were going to see the new standards show at the Dakota. Yeah. And I thought the show, I knew the show was at um, nine o'clock, but I thought that meant that we could go at seven o'clock and eat dinner there and oh. then see the show. What it really meant was there was a <laughs> seven o'clock show. Yes. And so we didn't actually get back into the Dakota until like nine twenty. Oh, so I'm like, okay, we're downtown. We have to go eat. Where are we going to eat? A lot of places aren't open, but they're starting to open. Right, right, right. So we went to the newsroom.
0: Oh. Hadn't been to the newsroom <laughs> in like ten years that at it's least. Just not been my favorite place. I will just you say. You know that.
1: what? And it was fine.
0: Yeah. And it was But packed. it was open and busy. And, okay. and then we went to Barrio across the street Great. and that was packed. That is open for the first time in a long time. It was just Did you go to the new Ties Supper Club or the new no, lounge?
1: No, I saw it. It's open. Yeah, I saw it. We didn't quite make it there. And then we went back to the Dakota, which was also crowded. People going to a show. I mean, the bartenders, the servers, everybody was super busy. Yeah. But and and not on their A game busy like that. We were all laughing about it. Like one guy was getting a twist, the bartender at Barrio, and it kept going into the trash. And Kurt's like, it's been a while, hasn't it? And he was like, dude, we haven't been this busy in so long. It just felt really nice to see. Yeah. Some people back in Minneapolis, I think there is more traffic for sure. Yep. And welcome back, friends. Welcome
0: back, friend. That's nice. It is. I I have I have also felt that every restaurant I've been to is busy, busy, like really busy because I think we're at the crossroads of people are feeling comfortable about going out as far as, you know, pandemic stuff goes and people are feeling good about the fact that they get to leave their house and because of winter, because we've all got the cabin yeah. fever thing. And they can go out without having to start their car in the freezing. I so, read
1: today the infection rate is less than 2%. Yeah,
0: it's really low. Yeah, I mean, the I lowest
1: don't, it's been since last spring.
0: I won't talk about China right now because nope. that's a terrifying spot and a thought. But instead of putting our buckets and our eggs in that bucket, let's just hope for the best.
1: Yeah, and we just have to at this point. And mm-hmm. I think what is happening in, in the Asian countries is they were so locked down, they didn't have as much exposure. And now they're catching up to the Omicron stuff that happened here
0: yeah so okay yeah
1: i it's not great, but we just do the best we can, and it felt good to see people out and about. It felt good to walk on Nicolet Mall, like just all of it, felt, and it felt
0: safe to you
1: it did, and I will say there's a girls or there's a bas- or a volleyball tournament in town that brought like thirty thousand people here, yeah, so there's a lot of people out and about, but yeah, it did feel safe like I didn't feel i we parked two blocks away on the street and walked. You know, I'm not a ramp Parker. Really, mm-hmm. never have been. I just circle and circle until I can find the street parking, and yeah, no problem. Like by
0: like, that's a thing for you. Like that's yeah. I thing? don't like parking in ramps. Never have. Huh?
1: Because I'm I it go like. Have you ever parked? This is such an aside. Have you ever parked <laughs> at the Guthrie ramp?
0: Yeah, the one it's, down underneath.
1: Yeah, that's so easy. Um, not really because if you don't know what to do with your ticket and you don't prepay, and it's a little better now because people are more used to this. But when they first had. The Guthrie parking ramp where you brought your ticket and then you paid, or you were stuck at the ramp.
0: Oh yeah, the entryway. Oh. But that's like everywhere now, isn't it?
1: It's more common. Yeah. But I had such a bad experience that there it's, once. It scarred you forever. I just, I'm like, I'm never parking in a ramp after an event.
0: Most people, you can, you can. Yeah, like you it's can, a lot better If you're now. at the thing now, you can put your card in. Yeah, a lot better. Okay. Okay, well, this is good. It is good that things are coming. We have a lot of restaurant news to talk about today. We have so much restaurant news. We're going to talk about that. Yes, we're going to, we're going to talk, about. talk about yes. And you have a Julia Child report, which I'm excited I about. Um, but let's first talk about the James Beard Awards because let's. that is something that was you know kind of this week. Again, we have the second list, the short list, if you will, came out, and <clears throat> so for the the national award of outstanding restaurant of new outstanding new restaurant. Um, a did make the cut. Can anybody beat them? I mean, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, they they could, but uh, there's a lot of great new restaurants. I don't know if those other new restaurants have the same, you know, tenor as far as being a ground breaking restaurant.
1: It's such a unique and for the moment type of restaurant in that they're only cooking with indigenous ingredients, indigenous foods. Yeah that is it's what makes it special yeah but then on top of it the food is really great it's just it's interesting i don't know that anybody else even if they were doing excellent food has a story like that i
0: know i know um it's it is interesting also to think about um here i'm just looking up oh they have i mean there's quite a few on this list just to be clear like sure. of the best new restaurants there's like Angry, Egret, Dinette in Los Angeles, Bacanora in Phoenix, Barda in Detroit, and that might be something that that's, you know, I mean, they're revitalizing Detroit for sure, Um, Horn Barbecue in Oakland, Kasama in Chicago, Leeward in Portland, Awamni, Minneapolis, Oyster Oyster, Washington, D.C., Roots, Southern Table, Farmers Branch, Texas, Ursula, New York City. So there's, I mean, like... I don't know. I have to really look into the other ones to understand it. But I mean, I, is from even just from that list, you have to wonder if anybody else is creating a new genre of eating. Yeah. And that's where I think he could win this for sure. And he's already won. The thing is they have already given him two awards, one for his book, one for last right in 2019 for a leadership award. So Either then it's like, yes, he's a shoein' in because they already are recognizing, you know, that he's a, a mover and a shaker. Or are they going to say he's already gotten those? It's time to spread it around. Right, right. But, of course, then you look down to... So then the next category is Best New Chef Midwest. And that's where we have a three-peat or we have a trifecta here. Because we have uh, Jorge Guzman from Petit Leon. We have Sean Sherman from Yi Vang from Union Young Kitchen. Union Mung Kitchen. And then they're competing against Gregory Leon from uh, Amalinda in Milwaukee, two from Milwaukee, and the rest are from Milwaukee. I didn't realize that Karen Bell of Bavette in Milwaukee, which I've eaten at, wonderful. Dane Baldwin of the Diplomat in Milwaukee. So it's a Milwaukee, Minneapolis showdown.
1: Well, and I was in Milwaukee for my dad's um, funeral. You know that town. There's fun things to do there. Well, there's,
0: if, it's a great little town. Yeah. Are you and kidding I love me? That
1: museum there. We went to this thing called the Three Domes, mm-hmm. that are like a um, a garden, a botanical garden, but yeah. they're each in three domes, so you get three different environments. Yeah, and cool. it, it was built in like the 1920s. It's very Art Deco looking, but it was cool.
0: It's um. It's, it's definitely a growing town and it's definitely a small town, but still, you know, kind of growing slowly in the right ways. I think, mm-hmm. um, the market is great. The little public yeah. market is wonderful. Uh, Indeed obviously has their, a brewery there. Bittercube has their, their main area now down in the third ward. I think. Oh, they're all in third ward. I feel like they're in third ward. I might be wrong on yeah, that. That's
1: where the market is. Right. Um, that fish market when you go into the fish market there they have the best chowder
0: did you um, did you ever go to the safe house in Milwaukee no (laughs) the next time you go to Milwaukee I think it's still there and maybe listeners you could tell me but like honestly that was the bar we went to when I was in Appleton and we drive down to Milwaukee and hang out we go to this place called the safe house and it's just like sort of uh a speakeasy like you have to knock you know it's supposed to be like a spy bar right and you have to like knock and you had to know the password and all the stuff it was total fun you know and it was just a great bar too so i just remember going there a lot and then we always went to uh we always got still there oh my god is it and you can google it's safe house milwaukee password password (laughs) 2021 Oh my god, I love it. So anyway, that was wonderful. All right, so that's our little James Beard we uh just quickly before we go, do you have a do you have a bet on Best Chef Midwest? Do you have like a, a gut feeling of who's going to win it?
1: I'm going to say Sean Sherman is going to win Best Restaurant. Yeah. And then do they do chef and restaurant or would they spread it out then and give it to I don't know. I I think Jorge Guzman is very deserving. Yeah. I love his food Mm -hmm. and I love his point of view. Um, So I guess I'd say best restaurant to Awamni and I would say best chef to Jorge Guzman. Okay.
0: I think he also supports the beards. Like he likes having a beard you know and he wants to be i mean like being a beard warrior. who doesn't winner. love having a beard
1: come on i don't know some We'd people like a beard
0: some people uh all right we well, guys we're gonna take a quick break we come back we're gonna have a little bit more restaurant news and some chatter about stuff um so stay tuned this is the weekly dish on my talk 1071 brought to you by knob creek hey everybody <laughs> welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us on this saturday morning yes it's kind of a futsy I don't know. It's good. It's like the warm weather thing. Like everyone gets like frenetic. Like, what are we going to do today? Like, uh, okay, we, we got to maximize our daylight hours. We got to make sure that you're outside for the entire time. And that can get a little stressful.
1: I haven't asked Stephanie question for you later. Okay. That is my personal question to Um, ask you about my lunch today.
0: Okay. Excellent. Oh, (laughs) excellent. Okay. Well, before we get into that, let's just talk about some of the uh, restaurant news that's been bubbling up. Um, and I kind of want to start with the Jamie Malone thing because I broke that this week and I, I would love to get your opinion on it.
1: I Here's what I thought my opinion was. My opinion was to mark on my calendar April 1st when <laughs> reservations become open to eat at the Minneapolis Club to, again, have Jamie Malone's food. Hopefully a lobster quenelle, but, you know, whatever. Oh, my God. No, I, I was really excited about that. I have really fond feelings about the Minneapolis Club. We used to, my dad was a banker in downtown Minneapolis and his office was down there and we used to go there for Easter and the big brunches, the holidays, Yes, mostly Easter. And they would have like an egg hunt and we would run around in all the locker rooms and do stuff we weren't supposed to do in our fancy dresses yeah. as little girls.
0: So, and and to backtrack, the, the the news is that Jamie Malone has been brought on by the Minneapolis Club, we got yelled at for this, Uh, the, by the Minneapolis Club to be a chef in residence for 90 days. They're relaunching the Charlie's bar, which I think is interesting and fascinating. Who knew that they had the actual well, physical bar? Remarchek did. Yeah. So he had it in a basement somewhere and he and Jeff Arendelle, who runs the yes. Minneapolis club, the CEO of it, he's their friends. And he was like, you got to give me that bar. And Jeff Arendelle has Hefe
1: and all the places along St. Anthony, Main, and, and the, the Harry Potter house. Yeah. And he owns
0: the Harry Potter house, yeah. which is now,
1: I think you can VRBO
0: it. You can. And you can get Jamie Malone to cook dinner at it you can get an entire Jamie Malone experience at that house.
1: Okay. And the Harry Potter house is the house that's pretty much next to Valspar or the dome and is this single residence that's large, but not it like overly like large.
0: I think it sleeps eight, but it's got this really cool cedar roof and it's just, it looks like a hobbit house. Yeah. Inside is beautiful millwork and everything else. Maybe we'll find a link to that. Um, so, but anyway, so Jamie's gonna be there. What their idea is, and if you did, I don't know if you've gotten your issue yet, but it's also in the April issue of Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, cause I did put it in there as well. Um, the idea is that this is a private club. Minneapolis Club is a private club. And they are having a hard time you know, being relevant to the next generations, right? Because they've kind of got this, you know, old school thing. They've been around for a hundred, almost 140 years. And you have private clubs all over the place. There are country clubs all over the place. There are, you know, uh, modern well and co-working. Those are clubs you yep. join, you know, things like brick and mortar, uh, you know, lifetime athletic, all of those are clubs. This is just an urban social club, right? So what they're doing is they're saying it's like they don't have a golf course. They don't have anything. They're trying to kind of find their way in with coworkers workers and, and entrepreneurs, um, you know, creatives and things like that. And they thought one of the best ways is to revamp dining. And then they thought we need to open it for 90 days to everybody so they can see what we're all about. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a genius move. Yeah, for sure. Because they'll be able to attract a new clientele. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people who don't. And I trust me, I don't know exactly what the. Monthly fee is. And, you know, I know that it could be 150, could be 500, could be like 500 down and then 300 a month. I think there's a scales of it all. But I also know that people are willing to pay for something that adds to their life, right? You know, in a certain and significant way. The thing that I think that the Minneapolis Club might have over everybody is that literally, like, great networking, co-working spaces. They've got a great upstairs bar. They're going to have this great downstairs bar. They've got tons of private rooms that you can just go and laptop in and hang out in and work in. And then there's a fitness club on site and there's a bar on site. There's a restaurant on site. So think about you could do all of that. I used to co-work
1: at uh, the university club on Summit Avenue. Exactly. Same type Same of thing. thing right? And I loved that experience. You did. That's I, exactly right. I loved that experience. And if they would have like invested in the restaurant a little bit, like I obviously moved, but when we first moved to Saint Paul, like that was you, the first thing I did. You did. That's right. I remember that. I worked that. there, I officed there. I loved just having that community neighborhood old school space. Yeah. If you want to rent the, they call it the, uh, the rock star, the Harry Potter house, the rock star residence. Oh, right, right. You can rent it in the month of April for a cool $2,200. For,
0: for like a night? For the weekend. Oh, for the weekend? Yes. And then if you add on, by the way, if you add on, uh, the food thing through the weekender, through Jamie Malone stuff, I think it's like, I mean, you get all your food brought in and it's there. That's not included in my price point here. No, it's not. It's
1: like it's actually puts it up to like $6,000. But it's four bedrooms, three full baths, sleeps 12.
0: I don't know if you, you were having that. a girl's weekend. You could totally do that. And it's got a full kitchen.
1: Like you could do that. And it's a really cool house. So I'll put the link. I found it through a place called Mini Stay.
0: I don't know if this is being run by Minneapolis or what, but... Okay. I'll put it up. I think it's also in the Jamie site as under the weekender okay. thing. So if you see it there, too. So anyway, so that's the big that was the big news to me that, you know, that was like that that's happening. And again, reservations will start uh, April 1. Mm-hmm. Also, Bill Somerville is doing their wine list. So that's a very that's a big thing as well. Um, lots of other crazy things that have kind of like popped open or, uh, done or have become, oh, I have to tell you this. I did hear that sea salt was going to open on April 15th. Oh, is that real? Yeah, that, well, I, that's what I, so I put it up in the feed as like no word on sea salt yet. And then I got two messages that said update April 15th. Okay. So yes, in fact, April 15th, our season opener, It's that's. I just saw their website. I did not get there enough last year. I know you didn't. So this will be the year. Yeah. I Literally, like they put that up right after I said no word yet. Um, okay. So a couple of the things that are are happening. Um, Memento opened up in St. Paul. Last excited St. Yeah. Are you excited?
1: Wood-fired, smaller venue than Potsaluna.
0: Yeah. They, they uh, yeah. chopped
1: it up a little bit, made great. it smaller. That corner is always great. There's a lot of events around there. Yeah. it's You can get into
0: walking distance to lots of things. I'm a little bit interested by the menu. You know, they've got, well, bacon cheddar fries is always going to get me. Yes. That's going to be the first thing. But they've got wood-fired wings. It looks like they've got smoked salmon bruschetta um you know baked brie and then they were doing like a grilled caesar
1: you had me at wood fired wings
0: i know wood fired wings with house blend cellar dry rub it's a dry rub
1: i have those at doolittle's still oh, like do i you go really? there specifically for a wood fired wing i would something too. something about that or yeah, also a they have them at red rabbit oh yeah and i just make sure that they cook them extra crispy
0: um they're also doing like burgers they've got a jalapeno popper burger so jalapeno cream cheese, thick cut bacon, fried pickle shallot, pickled shallots, brioche bun fries. Okay. Jalapeno cream cheese on your burger. I mean, I mean fried chicken sandwich, they've got mac and cheese, so it's very casual. You know, j- j- uh, Jumbo Shrimp Po oh Boy. It doesn't look like they have anything more than they do have a wood-fired salmon, which I can't tell if it's a sandwich or if it's just uh with Calabrian I guess it's sitting on polenta. So there you go. So that's Memento taking over the old Luna spot. That is now open. I figured with the St. Patrick's Day Parade that ran right by it, they, it would be silly not to be yeah, open I if think. they could. You know? But I would go try that one for sure. Um, the other one that is kind of exciting is Gus Gus is open today, this weekend. Do you know about this? I do. It's the old 112
1: or 128 Cafe. It is. Um
0: in Jess Swimming talked
1: about it last weekend. Stuart's. Yeah. yeah. That she's excited about it. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. It's Kevin Manley and Anna Morgan, who are total industry vets. I think that they could make something really cool out of this cute little basement place. So, so there you go. There's the beginning of our restaurant talk. You guys will take a break and we'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on My Talk 1071. So, this week, in addition to making a
1: recipe for a Maker's Mark and ginger cocktail that you can find on the show page. Makers Mark is our sponsor, and we appreciate them. Um, I watched the Julia Child Challenge. This is the show. Gosh. Sorry, I guess it's allergy, it's allergy season. season. I did that on TV yesterday, too. Um, the Julia Child Challenge. We talked about it last week, and it is a new show that's a companion to the HBO series just called Julia that's going to be starting on March 31st. Yeah that will chronicle, I'm not sure if it chronicles all of Julia Child's life, but it's a series about her. So I watched the Julia Child Challenge on the Food Network, and I was excited about it. And there are two, four, six, eight competitors. And then the judges are really interesting, because the judges are Francis Lamb from The Splendid Table. who I hadn't seen him in a TV iteration, necessarily. I've seen him on Top Chef. Yeah, right, right. But like him being a full-on judge, I thought was interesting. Okay. Also, uh, Brian Voltaggio, who is Michael Voltaggio. They're the brothers that competed on Top Chef. Love them. Who is sporting very blue hair? Wait, Brian or Michael? Bri- Brian. Brian. No, is Michael. The, it's Michael. Sorry. Michael, Michael. <laughs> is
0: the tattooed one. Brian is the DC chef who's a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Very
1: blue hair. Very tattooed. Very fresh and uh, sassy glasses. And then Antonio, who is also from Top Chef, uh, and she's hosting a lot on the Food Network. Is these she days. really? I think yes. she
0: was always very compelling. She always reminds me of my friend Stacy, actually. I like her. Yeah, she does a good job. So I was excited about the
1: show, and I think it has some potential. What I really liked about it was how much they sort of showed old clips of the Julia Child show. And they base challenges based on episodes that she did. So they sort of show her doing her Tarte tan and then the the version that you were supposed to make or uh, filleting soul miniere. Yes. And then having him, them fillet soul and interpret it in their own way. Interesting. So, yeah, I really okay. liked the way they did it. <clears throat> my, my criticism was or is they had too many contestants. Oh. Now, maybe it's eight weeks and so they have to get rid of someone every week. But in this first season or this first episode, you really couldn't spend time with any of the contestants to get a very good sense of their point of view. Yeah. And you spent a little more time with the Julia piece and then they have the three kind of guest chefs. So I'm hoping as each of these people get kicked off, we get a little more time with these contestants. Yeah. There's like two that are standouts. And then there's, you know, one guy that he cooked a, apples for a tartatan tan, and he cooked a whole apple, and you had like twenty minutes in the oven. <laughs> and he, I mean, even I know, no. like that is not going to be cooked. What are you thinking? Yep. And then they, uh, they Wait, t- are these home cooks. Um, you know, I never know. You don't know because okay. I think they're all vetted. Um, they so they it, say they are okay, but they're all like talking about their love of Julia Child, their love of food the one thing that gets a little tiresome is bringing every single nugget of what they say back to Julia child. Like, and then there was the girl that, you know, lost her dad. And so she's making him Julia child cake. Oh, So it's the whole
0: thing of, yeah. in forming. Creating a
1: story arc.
0: Yeah. And they have to, I get it. I did. I did like it though.
1: I, both Kurt and I watched it. It's not, uh, it's not as good as top chef. It's certainly not as good as, um, what is the baking one?
0: the baking America's baking yes, show. It's not as good as that. But it's all right. Um yeah, it does say that they are all the eight talented home cooks. Okay. So there nobody is supposed to be a um yeah, they win Do you know what the prize is? Win the prize of a lifetime, a trip to Paris to study at Le Cordon Bleu. Yes. I get, like you get like a month or so something. You have to be someone who really wants to do this. That's nice. It's not just money, right? Yeah. Like yep. to me, it's like if you're winning, going for something that is like a piece, a lifestyle piece, that's interesting. Here is another
1: thing that's coming to Netflix. Wait, definitely. can I have,
0: can I have one second backtrack? I want to yes. understand. I want to know, are you going to watch the HBO Julia child 100%. thing? Okay. Have, and I'll when is it's back. not out,
1: right? No, it's March 31st is when it comes out.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm
1: like so up in it. I've researched it. I'm really excited about it.
0: It's just it's uh it's uh Julia starring British actress Sarah Lancashire and it's a, a behind the scenes look at the chef's long-running television series. So it is through that lens. It's not like her life in Paris. Right. It's about the t- Okay, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Here's what was interesting too. Like I watched
1: Julia Child when I was a kid, but I didn't watch all of them. And what you realize when you watch snippets of it, and I think I'm going to go back and start to watch them, actually. Yeah. Like, when she did her Tarte Tan and she flipped it over, and Tarte Tan is a baked apples with a pastry crust on top, and then you, like, flip it over, right? And it makes, like, a cake with the apples on top. It's real pretty. She, when she does this live on the air and they show this, it, like, oozes all over the plate. Like, it is not. And she's just shoving it together to make it look like a round. Yeah. She makes um, something else and just cuts right through the filet of the fish. Like, right. can't use that one. And just, oh, what? oh there And she was very less than perfect, which was inspiring for me because I. And can we get back to
0: that? This is where I would love to see that. I would love to see a less than perfect show like that because that's the reality. I mean, that's actually why you people probably listen to us because we're not perfect. Right. And you just like, you don't, I mean, I wouldn't know how to do,
1: how to fillet a soul miniere, but watching her do it, I was like, oh, I think I could try it. Yeah. If I had the right knife, you know. Right. So it was just fun. Okay. So here's another thing. Yeah. Okay. This one, Stephanie. Is, is i know you're gonna love this show yeah it's called is it cake <laughs> and have you watched these tiktoks no. no okay they're calling it the bizarre baking show that might rescue 2022 okay it's just it's been a dumpster fire so far okay um so the idea of this show is that people make cake <laughs> that you don't know if it's really cake or not
0: like is it is it the whole thing where it looks like a mashed potato boat yes stephanie. and yet you could be got it yes stephanie So you have
1: all these people in this challenge that are making something that looks like cake, but you don't know if it's cake. And then the reveal is to come by with a big knife and slice and slice it. And if it's cake. And then the second part of it is the people that win that challenge have to pick the money bag. And is the money bag the real money bag or is the money bag a cake? A cake money bag! And then you, if there's a tie, you taste the cake in the money bag and like it's based on how the flavor tastes or something. But this is, I think, just so right up your alley.
0: So is so. And you guys, it's not even just food things. There's a picture of a sneaker. Like, yeah, it looks they're like making a things sneaker. that are everyday objects out of cake. And it could be cake or it could be not. Correct. Holy
1: moly. Correct. This is excellent. What is this on? Uh this is going to be on Netflix and it debuts on March eighteenth. Oh, so okay. And so it,
0: it is a TikTok ripoff. It was yesterday. Okay. Oh, it is a TikTok. Well sure, why not? Is that yesterday? Yeah, yeah it's yesterday. Yeah. So there you go. Right? I don't know
1: if they are releasing them once a week sure, or sure. if it's a binge, but it's called Is it Cake. Is it cake? Oh. It is right up your alley, Stephanie March.
0: <laughs> I am in. Yeah, I'm 100% I know. Hundred percent in. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. We have a Facebook question that I was inspired by a newsletter that I got on Substack from Andrew Zimmern. Just give him credit for a second. Sure. And he was talking about if you could bring back any restaurant in your life, like what would it be? Right. And I was like, started thinking about that. And my first response was Farrell's. When I was a little kid, like, and you'd go to Farrell's and they had this platter of ice cream that had like 80 scoops on it with whipped cream and nuts and they would sing. Yeah. And it was a big birthday thing. But then I wanted filio because I really wanted that. Is it the was it the haystack fettuccine? I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. ham and
0: peas. Oh no, no. Well, there was the ham and pea tortellini. Maybe that's what it You're, was. Which we still get like. Jake's birthday, you know what I mean? Like we would make the Filio ham and cheese tortellini. Same with Megan's; like she was craving that the other day. Okay, I would like you to teach me how to make that. Oh, I can make it in you, with my eyes closed. You understand? I made it so often. Do you just buy cheese-filled tortellinis and? Yeah, I mean, I was making tortellini. You know what I mean? And then you, which is not hard. You know, once you have that dough, you make your little tortellinis, and then it's just a, it's just like easy. It's a parmesan cream sauce. It's like yep. a, but then you need what it is you want to have uh, peas, but then you also want to have, and actually not parmesan cream romano cream like romano cheese and then you want to do the lardone you don't want to do bacon yeah. you don't want to do pent you want to do lardone you know okay and so it's a thick cut like long skinny it's good how about sydney's sydney's pizza i have a ton of Sydney's pizza in my archive dive they had a
1: zarina no zarina pasta was the uh boundary waters restaurant at dayton's but they had a pasta that had chicken and tomatillos and peppers sure Right. And like it was like a confetti-looking thing, because it was yellow and red and orange, yeah. and then the green of the tomatillo,
0: and yeah. it was in a cream sauce. Um, they oh, also had that duck that pizza. Was so that was the big thing of Sydney's, that duck pizza. You know what, Filio, for me, was this cavatavi pasta, which came with feta and kalamata olives, Yum. and it was rosemary chicken. It was a very Greek salady y cavatapi. I loved that. Um, online, I did put your your question online and i gotta tell you there's a ton of people are saying my tie on lake minnetonka oh my god i love the my tie uh glockenspiel in saint paul muddy waters oh yeah Belio. a couple of years el Meson corner table there's a sydney's oh, corner
1: table i know
0: yeah. um james said marmar remember marmar it was a pretty great little place in south minneapolis no meredith says nankin <laughs> Marcus says Bistro 11 in Loretto. That was a great one. That, I thought about the Nancan. Yeah. And I thought about uh,
1: Jamie Malone's, um, what was it called?
0: Grand Cafe? Yes. yes. That place. I mean, right. Molly says Green Mill Uptown. <laughs> in the day, yeah. They, I Green mean, Mill that Uptown was, was amazing, right? Like, day. specifically Green Mill Uptown. Oh, my God. I had so many, like... Dates there, you guys. Unreal. How Perkins deli ham and lots of cheese
1: omelet? Yes, I could eat one of those. Oh my right god, now.
0: Fitzgerald's in downtown Saint Paul. That was yeah. the first place Stephen Brown ever had a job. Yep. I mean, come on, Cafe Havana, pickled parrot, pickled parrot. Oh my god, Shea banana, Shea bananas, Shea bananas. Oh Gosh, man, that was so good. New French cafe, New French. Lots of table of contents. More of that. Oh, yeah. oh
1: my god.
0: Or what was the place that he was the writes? table of
1: contents? People that was on. Selby and Dale later on.
0: Uh, well, there's table of contents, too. There's table of contents, table of contents, too. Um, there was Cheeky Monkey. Cheeky Monkey. Del- yeah, that was the pub, the British pub. Remember? Oh, my God. See, we could just keep Tequila going Tequila Berry. Okay. That's a throwback. Okay, That's like All an right. 80s throwback. Yeah. Into the suburbs.
1: I could still eat at the Boundary Waters restaurants in Dayton's and have that Florida chicken or the yes. popovers.
0: Four Paws oh yeah remember that yep oh gosh some recent ones lynn 65 yes i'd love that you know or that shakey's burger. pizza
1: <laughs> i don't know about shakey's but there is still shakey's around just there are the still Twin shakey's Cities. there's one in palm springs yeah
0: lincoln dell obviously oh, the omelet come on that omelet was forever
1: uh, or and the and the cakes i know
0: Scoozy and ferns both in st paul Remember Scoozy? That was yeah. like that was where Heartland was.
1: Ferns. You only went there if you wanted to smell like a dirty cigarette. Yeah. But You know, people had a fondness for it. It was a
0: neighborhood spot. Here's a downtown Minneapolis one, Cafe Denapoli. Oh God, I love that Listen, place. Listen, when I was in advertising oh. for the hot second I was right out of college, we used to all go to happy hour at Cafe Denaps. You went to Denaps. We would go there
1: for lunch and have like a
0: pasta, like red sauce yes. lunch. Cafe Who does Dinops. that anymore? Man. Yeah. That's a missed place. I forgot about that. Fun. Isn't that weird? The things that were part of your life that yes. then were just now gone? Oh, like what was the place in Baker Square?
1: Where's Baker Square? In downtown, across from Target Center. There was a huge bar there. I guess it was before it was Champs. It oh, was Butler something Square. else. Yeah, that's it. Butler <laughs> Square. Baker like, Square. You there know. was a Baker Square? Baker Square. We're missing
0: that too. How about Linguini and Bob? That oh, was in yes. Butler Square. And how
1: about um, Z? It started with a Z and it was on Nicollet Mall. And it was uh, like a French bistro. I don't know, but we got to go. Oh, okay. We we'll be take back. A
0: break. <laughs> Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Let To just let you know, we have come <laughs> up with Stephanie's name of the restaurant that she was missing on Nicolette Mall. Took the place of merchant. It was?
1: Brasserie Zinc. Remember that? It was where Vincent's ended up being... And it looked like the Moulin Rouge, kind of. It was like bright yellow and purples and wood. Wait,
0: I think it was not in the same space. I think it was a contemporary of Vincent. It was at the same time. It was just down the street because it was in the Target building. It was in the new Target building. Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe that's where merchant, it was done. Yeah, because yeah, okay. that was Vincent was and way down there. What was
1: what was the Mexican restaurant that used to be in the Target? It space? It was a D'Amico space. Oh, I loved that right? restaurant remember? too. That was the first place I had a cucumber margarita.
0: Oh God! And so I remember
1: good. just being like,
0: Whoa! Yeah. Okay. We're
1: just traveling down memory lane. 651-641-1071. If you want to ask Stephanie, we actually have a, we have a ton of, a questions. Ton of questions today, starting okay. with my own Stephanie March. Oh, yeah. Today, okay. I am taking a friend out for lunch and I have some ideas in my mind, but we're going to Excelsior. Is there oh. any place you would recommend for a ladies afternoon in Excelsior?
0: Well, I mean, um, and you're wanting to eat. I mean, like, what's your goal? I guess of, we're going to be
1: eating about twelve thirty one ish, and, and you then we like... have an appointment at twelve at t- two thirty. Okay, so maybe I was thinking coalition, like maybe a little snacky
0: snacks. Yeah, I would say. 318 cafe also you know is a nice little it's a coffee house lunchy sort of light salads by day yep you know and then they do live music at night but that's kind of over there in the shopping district they're open at 8 a.m to 3 p.m yeah that's right where i'm gonna be and then the suburban across the way is a little bit more of like a little pub you know i mean you can't go wrong with okay so the bull and the wren um is the is the like it took over jake o'connor's okay and they're. If you want like a Guinness and some snacky stuff, that's a good place too. Okay. Um, But I would say stay in the downtown area. There's also, here's another one for you actually. I don't know if Olive's is open for lunch, but there's a great little pizza place next to the wine shop. Um, And I'm just trying to see if it's open for lunch. It is. It's open at 11 a.m. So Olive's Fresh Pizza Bar. And it's just like a little wood-fired pizza place that is kind of, you know, sweet. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: speaking of olives, I drove by a place in Northeast Minneapolis the other day that I've never heard of. And I'm wondering if it's even open anymore called Olive and Lamb. Yeah, it is. It is. And what is that?
0: So it took over. It looks cute. The Marina Grill that used to be there. Yeah. And it's just, it's great. I don't know. You know what's so funny is I drove by it too. And I was like, God, we've never mentioned it. No, like we don't really talk about it.
1: I I looked it up and like the menu looked good. No, it's sort of the
0: same idea. You know what I mean? It's got this Mediterranean. I mean, I've had some really great tabbouleh and some uh, lamb from there.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to add that to my dining out Put list. Put that
0: on your list. I did go to All
1: Saints this week. Yes, you did. Which is Kitty Corner from Certic Sidebar in the old Bardo space. Yes. Uh, in Northeast, I guess, technically. Lovely. Yes. It's so good.
0: It's my favorite martini. My favorite Gibson. And a beautiful bar. And a great burger. Also, did you see my picture of Bobino on my Insta stories? Which was the old. Speaking of old space. restaurants. Well, yes, I mean, Bobino. You know, it was. That was the old All Saints. Yeah. So, hey, we have Brian on the line. Brian wants to tell us. What do you got, Brian, today about a restaurant? Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? We're so good. How are you? Um, I had friends at Cafe Brenda. Yes. We go at least once or twice a month, soba salad. Oh, soba salad. Oh, yes, soba I noodles. I find a recipe. I'm going to look that up. Good one. I think
1: I can find a recipe. Is that the
0: one that you would reopen, Brian, if you could? Um, Yeah, I would. I I got to know all the well we we played pickup softball games with people that worked there and oh. got to know Brenda and so oh good that's a good one Brian thanks yep. for calling yep Bye. all right ciao. Um. That is truly, yeah, if you guys want to call in, 651-641-1071 if you have a memory restaurant that you want to shout out for sure. Okay, here is a question that we got.
1: We have a lot of questions this week. Yeah, you do it. Wondering if you have any recommendations for some good charcuterie boards in the Twin Cities. We've been to Red Rabbit, but are on the hunt for other locations. Can't find much that is current online, as I think a lot has changed over the past two years. And right away, I had a handful.
0: Really? I mean, I feel like they're everywhere. That's why I feel like it's a weird thing that she's not finding that. Uh, The
1: grocer's table has some wonderful boards and they're varied. They have like a fish board. They've got a meat board, a cheese board. So you get a little more variety. Also, the bungalow club has a really nice,
0: marvelous, marvelous board. That's just really
1: refined, but simple and delicious. Thirdick Sidebar has obviously one that's great with the cheese and the I thought theirs would be meats. better than
0: than than originally. Like I saw the first one I had there, I was like, I wish, like knowing you guys, I wanted it to be bigger. But I think that's just because I had a lot of people at the table and yeah, I wanted it is, more. Yeah,
1: it's small. It's small. I had the pork. Well, it has pork riette, a pot of that, which I just can't get enough of that. And then like three pieces of cheese. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because you just think it would be this abundance board. But it is it is more spare.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the sample room, too, has a great board as well.
0: Yeah. Any others that you think I'm missing? No. I mean, okay. I yeah, I haven't really. Hey, we do have Lynn on the line. I want to get to her sure, since sure, she's sure. on the phone. Lynn, do you have a question today? I do. I'm looking for two restaurants. Um, I'm looking for one for Chinese soup dumplings. Oh, tea And house. then I'm looking for a, like a traditional sort of Korean barbecue experience. And okay. I'll hang up. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks, Lynn. We got you. Okay, so so soup dumplings for sure. Tea House, we find that theirs is the best in the They've Twin Cities. They've got a few
1: locations. We go to the one on University Avenue right by the station here off of 280. Yeah. Tea House. And
0: they have that one in Plymouth, too, which is right by the movie theater, which is great because they do have... St- best soup dumplings. Soup dumplings the best and the other one was korean barbecue i'd say hua bien yes i would agree which is right in there's one in egan and then there's one in um isn't that no i'm thinking of a different one there's one on university too h-o-a and then space b-i-e-n is the way that uh we can say that and there's yeah there's one on University. i was thinking of the other one in uptown the i gotta look at Oh, I know what you're thinking of. Hoban. H-O-B-A-N. Yes.
1: Also, Seoul Cafe, traditional Korean. Uh, Yeah. The women's been doing it there on Snelling Forever. And
0: uh, yes, yes. We can look up some more of those. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We have a couple more questions we might answer on the emails that came in on the uh, other side of this. But stay tuned. We've got a great show coming up. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish.